Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Dengue has been a major issue across Singapore for months now, record-breaking numbers of infections, uh, and it is a, uh, it is a, a hard, hard problem for us to tackle at this point in time. Uh, Mr. Desmond Tan is the new Minister of State in the Ministry of Home Affairs and the Ministry of Sustainability and the Environment, dealing with dengue, among many other issues. Uh, He is joining us on the phone now to talk about this. Uh, Minister Tan, thank you for joining us on Weekend Mornings. Good morning, Ewan Glenn. I'm glad to be here. Uh, It's great to have you on. And uh, a new role for you, uh, the former Environment and Water Resources Ministry, now, of course, being called the Ministry of Sustainability and the Environment. And uh, as you you come into this role, and, and of course, you know what's been happening with dengue over the months, how are you feeling about the all-of-government effort to get this under control? Well, first of all, I must say that uh, coming to the new ministry, this is one of the the task that's been immediately given to me because I think this dengue situation is, is, uh, has been around for some time for Singapore. And as a new office holder, so I need to be quite familiar with the ins and outs of it. Uh, I must say that the situation right now is of concern. Dengue has always been a key public health uh, concern for Singapore. And especially if we see the statistics that is uh, facing us, as you've already mentioned, record high in terms of the number of total cases uh, so far in the year. As far as the weekly number of cases, actually, we have not seen such high numbers in recent times. So, more than that, actually, we also deployed, and we have deployed some of the sensors, and they are showing us that there, is, uh, there has been a significant increase in the Aedes mosquito breeding from the month of May. Yeah, so I think that's something that we all need to pay attention to, and we have to collectively do something about it in the time to come. Yes, Minister, of course, we followed the circuit breaker measures so well and so closely that inadvertently we may have contributed to the growth of the mosquito population because, A, we were all staying at home, which made us more susceptible to being bitten. B, of course, a number of sites, whether they be construction sites or other sites, were temporarily closed and therefore... You know, puddles of water could accumulate and so on. So mm. we're in a way, without doing anything wrong, we're kind of being penalised for doing something right, which is we did as <laughs> yeah. we were told during the circuit breaker. So mm. moving forward, what can we do right? What we as the public should we do to overcome this dengue situation? Prior to that, maybe I'll just explain while COVID has contributed to the current situation, there are actually two other factors we need to remember. Mm. And first of all, actually at the start of the year, we are seeing, you know, the dengue virus serotype 3, or called the dengue 3, emerging. And this serotype 3 is not something that we see quite frequently in the last 30 years. And as a result, there is quite low immunity within our population. So as a result of that, actually we find that at the start of the year, we are already seeing a high number of 300 to 400 cases every week. And that high viral load actually contributed to a very high base when we enter into the traditional peak months between May to October. That's why we saw a huge surge from April to May. Mm. And of course, coupled with the COVID measures when more people are staying at home and then providing this blood news, right, for the female Aedes mosquitoes, plus the fact that uh, there's been sort of uh, some decreased reduction in the landscaping works around our neighbourhoods, and the housekeeping of the construction sites. I think this collectively contributed 
to a slightly higher or higher cases caseloads in terms of the dengue outbreak in Singapore. Uh, so, where, mm. Mm, yeah, I was just going to say uh, uh, you know, we're, we're speaking with Desmond Tan, the Minister mm. of State in the Ministry of Home Affairs and the Ministry of Sustainability and in the Environment. And Mr. Tan, is there any concern around our frontline responders, around the hospitals and capacity to help you know, deal with the, the dengue patients at the same time as we are uh, facing COVID-19. Is there any challenge with those two conflicting health issues right now? It is of a concern, but right now in terms of our healthcare capacity, I believe we are managing uh, well for both. That's why I think for most of the cases that are managed, for dengue cases, they are actually handled outside of the health, main healthcare facilities. So that has helped to relieve and preserve the healthcare, primary healthcare facilities for more serious cases, and the numbers are not not that high at this point in time. So most of most of the cases of dengue, they can be managed at home uh, with proper rest and medication, and they can recover well at, at home as well. Mm. But more importantly, as you asked just now, what are we? What can the public do, and what are we doing? I think that's an important question sure. to address because I well, treatment is one way to cope with it. But I think we all agree that prevention is a better option, right? Mm-hmm. So as a national environment agency, they have stepped up the vector control over the last couple of months. And that has proven to be effective because we have closed about 74% of the dengue clusters uh, since the start of the year. So we are now having about 400 plus active clusters. And we are continuing to step up these efforts with uh, larviciding, with misting, as well as uh, fogging in the neighbourhood. But more importantly, we have to work with the stakeholders and the community to ensure that we work together to combat this uh, dengue outbreak. And, you know, personal hygiene, uh, keeping the places dry and, you know, frequently applying insecticides as well as mosquito repellent. And these are important steps that the public can do together to help us to combat this uh, dengue outbreak. And I think you make a good point there about insect repellent. I think sometimes there's a tendency to only apply a repellent if you're heading into the reservoirs or the mangroves or to go out on a trek, when at the moment it wouldn't be a bad thing to apply insect repellent all the time, essentially. Would that be fair? It is true. It is true. That's why we are also working with MOH and some of the healthcare general practitioners to provide them with 300 over 1,000 bottles of mosquito repellent to distribute to uh, patients and working with also the community, uh, uh, grassroots leaders as well as community partners to give out the uh, mosquito repellent. Over the last two weeks, I have been doing that with my volunteers, going from house to house to to inform them to adopt the Mozi wipeout practices as well as to give them the mosquito repellent to apply. Actually, it's not just the mosquito repellent. We also try to encourage them to wear long sleeves as well as to spray the insecticides in the dark corners of uh, the house. So all this will help to eradicate the issue. And just to briefly follow up, the mozzie wipeout uh, measures, could you just briefly recap for our listeners what the key ones are? Okay, so the, the five steps of the mozzie wipeout will include uh, turning over the pail to make sure that you don't collect water, to also look at some of the bases uh, that collects water, also the pots and flowers, pots and pans, and also to keep the, the drains and the, some of the spaces in our sort of our households and our estates as dry as possible. Yeah, so these are some of the examples that we have kind of educated or tried to help 
our residents understand their role and their contribution to the Mozi White Park. We're speaking with Minister Desmond Tan, a Minister of State and the Ministry of Home Affairs and the Ministry of Sustainability and the Environment. And Minister Tan, we we saw a couple notable clusters in Mayor Road, Arthur Road, uh, where many landed properties are, and in addition to uh, Aljuniad. Do we see that those are starting to get better? And, and it seems like perhaps in some areas where there were a higher percentage of private homes and landed properties that Perhaps there wasn't as much attention being paid and some of these clusters were, were coming about. Have we seen that it's gotten better in those areas or, or is there a real emphasis by the NEA to, to you know, go into those neighborhoods and check on what's going on there? Yeah, so NEA has been working with um, the neighborhoods to try and improve the situation. I would say that the, the number of incidents you see across the country is not limited to just private estates. The two key important considerations are, number one, is there has to be receptacles for mosquito breeding, right? So that happens not just in the private estate. It happens quite a lot also in, in the recent times in the public housing as well. Mm-hmm. The other one related to it, of course, has to do with the density of the population living in the particular estate. So the denser the population is, there's inc- likely to be increased incidence where the mosquito can breed as well as it can feed on. And therefore, there's an increase in the cases in those estates that have higher density of people staying around. So over the last uh, couple of weeks and months, uh, NEA has been working very hard to step up their vector control, uh, not just in the private estate, but also in the public housing, and to also go into the houses to do inspections. Right? So those inspections will help to educate as well as to work with the homes to make sure that we don't breed. We have to remember the majority of the cases still happen within homes, not mm. so much in the, in the public areas. So therefore, the role of our residents and our people to play our part is an important one. You mentioned a very key point there, Minister, which is according to recent NEA data, the top clusters seem to be more towards the east and the northern areas, Tampanese, Geelong, Bedok in the east, in the north, key areas, Woodlands, Yishun and Sembawang. Mm. And the experts all seem to be agreed on a key point that you correctly highlight, which is these clusters reflect areas of quite intense urban population density. So moving forward, do you think this might impact upon how we plan future towns and housing estates? Well, we we certainly have to look at how we plan, but there are more than one consideration in our town planning. It cannot be just based on... the dengue uh, prevention. It is definitely an important, and we have always tried to spread out our people, not just from the perspective of healthcare, but also from the amenities and and the sustainability of our environment, right? So I think this will continue to happen as we look at it, but as we grow in terms of our population and as the towns become denser, we have to take active measures to ensure that we, I think it can be prevented, everybody play a part to, to, to make sure that we prevent the mosquito from breeding in our estates, uh, individual roles can play a big, big part. And we have learned over the last many years that, you know, as we step up our measures, as we work with the residents, we can really combat this uh, disease very effectively. But it really takes everyone's effort. And it's not just the NBA and the agencies. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Minister Tan, you have served a, a distinguished career, 28 years in, in the military, as a, you know, re- attaining the rank of Brigadier General and uh, Chief Executive of the People's Association. You, you clearly know, you know what's happening around town. <laughs> no stranger yeah, to that. Uh, yeah. You know, your new portfolio in the Ministry of Sustainability and the Environment, now, this was a change that was made this year in, in mm-hmm. name from the uh, Ministry of the Environment and Water Resources. W- what is the, thought, the thinking behind this sustainability and environment? How is that going to be different? How does Singapore need to think and plan differently on a sustainability level going forward? Why is this important to to change the way we're calling this ministry? Yeah, so I think you have nailed it on the head, right? So it is about not just thinking about how we think and plan differently from the sustainability viewpoint, but it's also how we live and work differently going forward, right? So the name change is not just a symbolic change, but there will be substantive uh, measures and programs and initiatives that will be rolled out over time. And it started off, of course, if you remember Prime Minister's speech about two years ago about how we're going to step up in terms of uh, our contribution to the climate, in terms of how we ensure that our island, Little Island, continue to exist and continue to be able to do well. So I think our ministries will be going forward, look, continue to look at some of these plans uh, to see how we can sustain uh, our, our environment, our, you know, looking at from, the, from as big as, uh, you know, the building design to some of the recycling programs, as well as even, you know, educating our people to contribute in the various ways. So uh, there will be exciting plans to be rolled out. We will work with uh, various stakeholders, communities, as well as the partners to see how we can make Singapore a more sustainable place for us to grow and to work in. I think that's a fantastic point, Minister. I think COVID-19 has demonstrated uh, almost a warning to the planet that we have to balance, and it's a delicate balance, isn't it, Uh, the natural environment between economic growth. And has COVID-19, I'm sure it has, played into your thinking moving forward, that delicate balancing act between economic growth and protecting our national environment? Well, COVID-19 has made a big impact in how we look at various aspects of our life and our, and our work and, our, and the way we play, right? So I think likewise, in terms of environment, although well, some may say that COVID-19 has sort of uh, put a pause into some of our consumption and emission, and that's not exactly a, that's a good thing, right, for, mm. from our environment point of view. Uh, but this effort has to be continue to be sustained, not just in times of a, a COVID crisis. We have to, at some point, resume our normal way of life, go back to some form of normalcy. But I think COVID has actually allowed us to take stock of some of the possibilities in terms of how we live and work and travel. And we hope that this will provide a good impetus for us to work with our people to implement some of the measures that we hope to roll out in time to come. Our thanks to you, uh, Minister Desmond Tan, and Minister of State and Foreign, and the Ministry of uh, Home Affairs and the Ministry of Sustainability and the Environment. Well, it's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) We we appreciate your time today and certainly hope that you'll come back and talk to us again on weekend mornings. No problem. Anytime. Thank you, Neil and Glenn. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.